0: this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate.
1: It's three in the morning. The dark is bliss, but my mind is drenched in kerosene If struggle is real and our time alive is short Then why do I reach for the screens? I see that pull my world apart. Hell, pull the.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Kenny Hayda and the others with their single Epiphany. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you doing?
2: Hello. Hello, um, Nicole.
0: Hello, the others.
2: <laughs> Hello, Greg. But um, real lo-fi, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, a really interesting production and, you know, use of distortion. And yeah, it's cool.
2: If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like the main guitar was one of those acoustic guitars through a, through a fuzz box, you know? They yeah, we that, were you know, laughing
3: about that on one of the episodes like that's that's how they recorded Jumpin' Jack Flash and it sounds like the most iconic rock guitar in history I and I think it, that's true but it was acoustic. Uh, I mean, I've heard I've heard uh, Keith Richards describe it. I mean,
2: how, how would he know? <laughs> anyway, and then a little white stripes but then, but then the chorus got like seventies rock. It's again more retro. Everything's retro. Nothing's
0: well. And I heard in his voice, like almost a little bit of panic at the disco too. Like there was a lot going on there.
2: I think yeah, so, I, I like the production. It's, it's interesting, really interesting stuff. Where did we where did we find them?
0: We found them from a company called Live Delano PR. They actually reached out to us on Instagram and submitted them um, because they are a client, and we liked them, so we're featuring them. Yeah. Yeah. We're on Instagram. Yeah, we're on Instagram.
3: <laughs> the Instagram. What is that? <laughs>
0: we're on the Instagram, not so, just Instagram. So
2: Nicole, are we on the Instagram and the Facebook yeah. and and, the,
0: and and the TikTok and the Twitter and the
2: TikTok? Oh, we're
0: on TikTok. We are.
2: Yeah. Does anyone do anything? Do we post I need to anything? Some TikTok yeah, we get we get
0: like eight hundred to a thousand views per post that I do so
3: for, for our little, uh, for our little, little, like, I don't even look at uh, them.
0: Our little headliner, so for okay.
3: our promos, yeah. Well, that's,
2: there you go. That's I got to check out so. our TikTok page. Maybe I'll start posting Invisalign updates on TikTok. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, where? So, where, are you smiling this week, Carl?
2: I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see how the show goes.
1: <laughs>
2: but um, so I guess we're here to say that you know, being a podcast about the music industry. None of us bothered to watch the Grammys.
0: I honestly didn't even know it was on until I saw something on social media like, "so check out so-and-so's outfit from the Grammys tonight. And Billie Eilish did a tribute to Taylor Hawkins. And I'm like, where was it on? Like, it wasn't even, I feel like it wasn't even advertised.
2: Oscars Is is the last show of the season. Usually the Grammys are before the Oscars. It seems backwards this year. It is, and yeah, the, that sounds right. Yeah. The
0: CMT Awards are happening this weekend, which is normal, but the ACMs happened like two, like two or three weeks ago. Oh, there's too many infam- country awards. Yeah, so it's just there's so many different changes and whatnot. But I guess the highlights from what I saw was everyone loved Billie Eilish's um, tribute to Taylor Hawkins. They loved the fact that no one had any incidents at this award show.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I I heard smatterings of you know people that won and you know kind of like some red carpet missives and whatnot, but I didn't watch one second of it, nor did I really um, you know did I relate to anything that was given an
2: award. One thing that's interesting, one thing I found very interesting, one thing I do know is that Bruno Mars, yep. you know, with the, the song "Leave the Door Open," won Best Song of the Year, hmm. and if you listen to that song, it sounds like it was cut in. 69 Motown in the, you know Detroit. It is yeah. so it sounds like an old stylistic tune. A friend of mine even said if you listen to it, it's like, you're my everything, that song for the stylistics. Mm-hmm. It's basically right, that right. same chord change slowed down. Yeah. Check well. it out. And if you watch the video that you did for it, it looks like they're paying homage to actually Motown, because I went to the Motown Museum few years ago in detroit i went into the little room there and the video looks like it was shot in that kind of room yeah so it it, again throwback and it's an old song it's none of the new nonsense it's a song with melody and singing and harmony
3: i was being kind of hard on myself because i really wasn't that familiar with what was going on but then i decided okay well let me take a look at what you know, what the Grammys were like in 1974, 1975, and 1978. It was crap then, too. And, you know, I, and what I discovered was that I didn't have those records either. I was the I, crap I really, of that day. <laughs> I, I, I Exactly. I really, you know, I've always had this eclectic taste that had me listening to albums that couldn't get within a mile of the Grammys. You know, I mean, that was just the way. I'm it not,
2: I not was. mistaken, but I, I'll bet Led Zeppelin never won a Grammy.
3: No, I don't know. That's interesting. Mm, I'll you look it up. Google that. that. But, I'll
2: bet. Um, <laughs>
0: well, hold on, Led Zeppelin. Um, just to let you know, while Song I look that up, made the same. I think probably. Bruno Mars did actually shoot the video in the Motown studio.
3: Well, there you go.
0: Actually, no, you were wrong. They won the Rock album in two thousand fourteen.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's, that's crap. That's they won crap. the
0: Lifetime Achievement in two thousand. That, that don't count.
2: That don't count lifetime no. achievement don't count.
0: <laughs> as far as when they were actively
2: artists they never won a grammy you know, probably
0: because everything i'm seeing is from like the early 2000s and, and on
2: did yes ever win a grammy did hmm. pink floyd ever Let's win see. a grammy i
3: don't think i don't think any of those classic rock acts you know I'm saying? And no and, uh, i mean maybe some you nah. know i think that uh, I, th- I think and people win a
2: grammy <laughs>
3: Pe- well, pe- people over on on the more pop side of the rock
0: so, experience, I know it, people is, like Greg,
3: Stephen Miller.
0: It, it seems like they all were nominees in like their heyday, but never won. But then, as they got older, they won either like the Hall of right. Fame award or like all the Rock I know, Instrumental Performance. Think about it, Greg. So, you know. As a
2: songwriter, right? As a songwriter guy, name another song where it's a classic rock song. You know, classic, and the first line is "snot running down his nose." <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> That's the first Aqualung, line,
2: right? Yeah, you know, yeah, snot yeah. running down his nose. That's
3: not the first line, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's. It,
0: it. What's interesting to me about Bruno Mars's win and kind of what you we were talking about, though, is as I'm thinking about it, I'm remembering what that song was because I've heard it a couple times. It actually reminds me a little bit of what that sound Paul Lauren, one of the artists we had on, like. Couple of months ago yep. is also yep. like striving for, so I think Carl's on to something with that.
3: I think Bruno Mars is a very, very talented guy, but I, it, everything he does seems to be just under the radar of uh appropriation, you know, that for me anyway. Oh, you
2: think he's he, he's more rip off than well, I don't know. I mean, influenced just, by. They,
3: they all feel like that so much that you know that's just me. Well, yeah, but but again, I think he's a really talented guy. He's
2: renewing, you know, something that no one's really paying attention to. That you know, it's and he does it great, though. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. I was going to really say he does, does it well. great. Yeah, right. He doesn't. It's have, not like he's half-assed. You know, because you know, who tried to do it. Justin Timberlake tried to do it,
0: he, and he failed miserably. He doesn't have it. He doesn't yeah. have the
2: voice. Doesn't have the, the vibe where where yeah. Bruno Mars has it. So. It's my two cents.
0: I thought it was a surprise that Chris Stapleton actually won Country Music Album of the Year because he's been one that we've been hearing a lot about lately. So I'm happy. I'm happy for him because he truly does does deserve it.
2: So what else are we doing in the world today? Huh? Anything?
0: So I was listening to. We we are a podcast, so obviously the thing that I do is I listen. I listen. No, I am a
2: human being. I am not a podcast.
0: (laughs) collectively the three of us on, PM on Tuesday nights is a podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I listen to other podcasts when I have time and don't have Kenzie in the car that makes me listen to the My Little Pony soundtrack over and over again. <laughs> so I, I also went down the rabbit hole of looking at other music business podcasts because we are obviously kind of competing with them just to see what the quality was. And a lot of them haven't updated since like 2020 or 2018. So they're not really...
2: You think we're a music business podcast?
0: We offer advice. I mean, the feedback that I've gotten is they really like how we tell the stories and also the different types of advice we give that goes kind of against the norm of what maybe their management companies or PR companies are telling them. So...
3: That's interesting. I, I, I would... I would I would be willing to be the anti management uh, podcast. That
2: any Any musicians out there looking for advice, come to the ninety four twenties. Oh, oh wait, who is,
0: who is that guy? Uh.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Don <laughs> Kershaw Junior. Here we are with Don Kershaw Junior. Junior once again giving his advice. Be a, 96- be a rock star. Be a rock star. In seventy
3: two hours.
2: go ahead what were you saying
0: um no so one annoyed me that actually is like putting out episodes almost daily but i went to go listen to it and it's locked content and i have to pay like 15 dollars a month to get it and annoy the crap out of me that it was on spotify but the one that i actually did listen to was like a short nine minute podcast and it was back from like march 14th or something like that so it wasn't 100% new, but it was talking about South by Southwest and how all of the music artists and acts and things like that were getting together that week and that one of the things that they should keep a lookout for is what is the majority of artists doing right now? And how could they potentially go against the grain with that? But it got me thinking, like, I really think, especially with the pandemic, I think artists nowadays are so scared to kind of go against the grain in terms of like what all other artists are doing. So like everyone's going to put out their singles. So they're all going to put out their singles together. They're all, they all are going to do music videos. They're all going to put out music videos. So what was interesting to me is just to kind of spark conversation around what actually could artists do that they could do against the grain right now that actually could move their career forward? Because I think maybe they're stuck in not really knowing how to stand out because there's so much stinking content just distributed every single day.
3: The thing about South by Southwest is, is it's really kind of its own thing. I mean, anybody that plays South by Southwest that is expecting to be discovered or anybody that plays South by Southwest and you know, thinks they're going to get a record deal, those kinds of things, that stuff doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, there was a period of about 10 or 15 years that I went, Uh, I've been probably 20 times, there was a period of 10 years where the labels were showcasing the acts that they had acquired versus people being signed based on a performance that they made there. I did, however, actually, I, I kind of looked around at what was going on with South By this year. I don't know really why other than I didn't go and found this really interesting band that's kind of doing this post-punk, weird, B-52-ish uh, influenced, new wave kind of thing. And this band is called Wet Leg. That's the best band name in the history of band names wet lay I, I don't agree mm-hmm. check them out check them out i love the idea i think we should
2: start our own thing <laughs> we start north by northeast north by northeast <laughs> they,
3: they used to do that in portland
2: like i said before these things have become a hip fest Everything's just so cool. The acts they get in either are, are, are definitely sponsored by labels or big money, or they're just the hippest, most obscure, coolest, fringe thing at the time. It, it's, yeah. not, well, it's not, yeah,
3: exactly. It's I not
2: mean, about I, what it used just, to be. Just like the New York Music Seminar, you became know, like we—that's where we met back in the in, in the eighties. You know, that yeah. was like this hip thing where everybody was walking around being hip. You know, hanging yeah. out at the Marriott, being as hip as they could be, and seeing who could see them be hip. You know, yeah, and, there was
3: very little business that got done, as far as I was concerned. The new music seminar got co-opted by the rap community in the nineties, and right. it became like you, you didn't hear any rock or any pop; it became all rap. They had rap battles, and
2: so. what happened? Was it a college, college music radio? What was that? CM.
3: Yeah, yeah, CMJ. They CMJ. They called CMJ it. That
2: was a big deal for a while.
3: College Music Journal sponsored.
0: Right. It. isn't CRS that, that was, still something that's super big too, or? I mean, I mean, that's country-focused, CRS country is focused, still but... pretty
3: big. Uh, that was always radio-related, country radio seminar,
2: and... You know, it's like, and it also I feel all those things, it's like Sundance. When they started Sundance back in the 70s, you know, Robert Ritford, those, it was really a cool thing for indie film and open the doors. Then it becomes this commercialized... Stupid thing, yep. and then it gets ruined, and that's what yep. South by Southwest has become. It was cool yep. back in maybe the what the early nineties. I, I think it was
3: cool in the eighties. Yeah. So,
2: so anyway, did you get to your point? Nicole? No, I didn't. I, I get, we, we, keep we on we cutting into, off
0: the point, which is totally fine. Because uh, I loved your opinions on South by Southwest. So with that, just listening to that podcast, even though it was more directed at South by Southwest, I'm thinking there are things I think artists can do that they can kind of stand out and go against the grain that like us three probably could give some advice on because we're, we're actually really good. I think at probably bucking the norm and not necessarily following the lead of others. So that's what yeah, I uh,
3: that was asking. Did, yeah. did you pay the 15 bucks for the other one?
0: No, of course not.
3: Okay. Well, uh, we should do that for research because the reality is that I don't think most of these have much value. You know, they're there's a there's a person out there that's claiming to have managed a couple of very, very, very successful acts and now they do a podcast and now they have a consultancy and now they have it. It's like, you know, I've, I've looked at some of that content and I'm thinking this content is at best marginal for a career five years ago.
2: So... Another tip uh, from Don yep. Kushner, Jr., Jr. <laughs>
3: So you want to be a rock star. When
2: being in the music industry, <laughs> go against the grain. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and pay the $15 if you got it.
2: Right. Anyway.
0: Uh, well, why don't we listen we- to some more music from Kenny Hada and the Others. So we're going to get to know Live Delano PR right before we hear Kenny Hada and the Others next single, which is Never Say Never. So listen to them and we'll see you on the other side. This episode of the podcast features an artist managed by Liv Delano PR. Liv Delano PR. With experience in social media management, influencer marketing, and media outreach, Liv Delano PR is your one-stop PR shop. For more information, you can go to livedelanopr.com. Again, that is livdelanoPR.com.
1: Is it too late do we just have to wait I'll Never say never again I don't wanna be just friends
2: that me too great lead man i love that lead it's like one of those leads where it felt like it was gonna fall apart at any moment but it never did and a wah-wah yeah, that's yeah.
3: laying back on the laying back on the meter right you no i just so that
2: fun. he was like every note choice was kind of right but is it gonna go wrong and it, it, i like it. it was kind of dangerous it was old school just going yeah. for it. it really very fluid i liked it
0: but I think that's what made it work, because it kind of had you on the edge I, uh, over every right, single like, you note. Know, like, okay, is he actually going to get, right, is he gonna it's get story it? It's kind of
2: <laughs> off. It's not perfect.
3: Well, that, that's what happened was when you lay back on it and you don't like you. You don't rush it. You know, I think the drum track is the same. So way. kudos. And
2: I don't just, know who played it. I guess I don't know if it was Kenny or one of the others. You done good, y'all. Or the <laughs> the y'all done good. <laughs> All done good. All done good. Yeah, you done good. So um yeah. <laughs> we we talked to these guys, right?
0: We did. Kenny Hada and the others answered our questions of the week. Uh-oh. The first question we asked them is to tell us a little bit about themselves. My
4: name is Kenny Hada and I'm a founding member of Kenny Hada and the Others and we're a band based in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm originally from McAllen, Texas. That's my that's where I was born, it's my home, but I've spent uh, quite a bit of time in the north texas area as well specifically denton and uh, the dallas area as well but now i make my home in lago vista which is just outside of austin on lake travis Um, i started playing music when i was nine years old um, started learning guitar um, quickly fell in love with rock and roll blues and discovered the red hot chili peppers and uh, fell in love with funk music and um fell in love with uh, eventually jazz as well. And as I've matured as a musician, I now find myself trying to blend all of those genres together that I love so much in a way that uh, is cohesive and that is familiar, but yet different and original. And uh, I feel very blessed to be able to share the stage with the others, the uh, guys that are in my band that enjoy playing and writing and performing the same kind of music um, that I do.
2: Well, I think it sounds like he's the guitar player. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: And it sounds like uh, he's given some thought to this uh, influence thing.
2: But you know, it's funny, not for nothing but...
3: There's a lot to unpack.
2: There. If you see these guys in a the picture, they kind of look like the outlaws. They do. They, they, they don't look like a pop band. They look like a bunch of rugged rock guys. And he uh, sounds yeah, like yeah. an English professor talking, doesn't
0: he? I <laughs> like his voice. Like his I do. Very, oh, he yeah. sounds like I was waiting here, like, hey, I'm Kenny Adair, you know? and like,
2: <laughs> no, he's like no, this-
3: no, no, and you know, I mean, most people don't recognize the idea that Austin. And the surrounding area is actually very cultured, and oh yeah, um, it's,
0: it's
2: a
3: you know it's not like area, the rest sure. of
2: Texas, right?
0: Well, and them being from Austin makes me like them so much more because they're not in Nashville.
2: What else do we ask?
0: So we asked them, what music projects are you working on right now?
4: Currently, uh, we're working on promoting and uh, playing this new record uh, that we just released, uh, which is called Love Deluge and um, we do have some new material new ideas that we are working on as well Um, i've kind of got some different ideas and uh, some stuff that's a little bit more blues rock based um, not so much like your typical uh, texas blues rock but um, uh, stuff that's a little bit more i guess you could say it's kind of like a psychedelic blues rock kind of aspiration but we'll see when it comes out you know uh, we still need to jam on it and work things out a bit but uh, yeah mainly for the most part we're just focusing on shows uh, focusing on playing our hearts out on stage and uh, basically giving everybody a good good vibe and as I'd like to say uh, you know try to make a memory.
2: See again like I said last week it's still no matter all this technology and all this it's the same thing, just write songs, get out and play them good yeah. and, and and do a great show, you know?
0: I'm interested to see when he was talking about like the new projects, not necessarily the album that just came out, but how he's going to go more blues in sound and stuff like that. that. I think that could be a really interesting combination for him.
3: There's about a 20-year-old band from Austin, as a matter of fact. He mentioned Psychedelic called the Black Angels, he might be. He might know some of those folks, but they were an amazing kind of like psychedelic blues guitar rock based outfit. He should check that out. Maybe you know what? Could, so these,
2: uh, a lot of these terms. You know, like hmm. what is psychedelic? What does that even mean? You know, like.
3: uh I think that's a that's a certain sensibility that yeah, you but have. What does and, it
2: really and, mean? Like you know, so so what? Like the the seeds. Well, it
3: means it means to to basically uh, expand.
2: With your Jefferson consciousness psychedelic? and your
3: psyche, yeah. I mean, it's an expansion term, right? But I think that you can go further with your with your music. There were some really great psychedelic records made in the '60s that obviously uh, were made to accompany people's experimentation with psychedelics, but. I think there that are you so can many terms, man: music. power
2: punk, yeah. thrash metal, death. There's a million. There's so many different, you know, spaghetti, you know, yeah. disco, spaghetti you know, you, goth. Where, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Just,
3: just, just put two things together, and...
2: right? Like, you know, like you know, Celine Dion, punk, yeah. you know. Oh, it's it's pointless
1: Let's well, get... or, or you
2: put
3: core at you put core after something mm. yeah
1: we
2: put Uh the junior junior here with tip number 464 starting your group make sure to define your genre <laughs> thank you
0: uh, well why don't we hear about some of the music Influences from Kenny Hada and the others, and kind of see maybe if Greg was right about him More knowing influences. some of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: I hope, uh, yeah, maybe they know the Black Angels. See, you're
0: going to hear John Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> if he says John Mayer, I'm out. Yeah, right.
4: right off the bat, um other musicians that have really inspired me. You know, there's there's the classic answer for especially for anybody that plays guitar in Texas, which is the answer being Steve Ray Vaughn. Um, I discovered Steve Ray Vaughn, ironically enough, uh, in California <laughs> at a local record store. I I saw one of the CDs and I thought the cover was pretty cool. So I picked it up, listened to it, and my mind was blown away. I was like, this dude's from Texas? It's like, oh my gosh. But Incubus has always been an influence on me. Um, I've always, always enjoyed all of their music. Um, all of Brandon Boyd's creativity, his writing, his lyric writing. Um As well as his poetry and uh, prose but also the red hot chili peppers they were a huge influence on my life um, from a very young age and now you know you have people like gary clark jr queens of the stone age which kind of bring like all these new and fresh vibes that can go anywhere that blend in my opinion anything from blues to rock and roll and i really find that inspiring and i i just I, i like those veins of musical creativity Absolutely.
3: That's really cool. He he mentioned a lot of great players there.
2: Don't criticize me. I'm not trying to be critical, but I personally never got the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
3: Oh, I think I think they're great. Really? I, I, Why? And and I I have friends that are talking just this week about how good the new record is. Yeah, really? I, I, I guess I they're they're they don't
2: know them enough than to really make an opinion. Yeah, about-
3: they're super talented, and uh, Anthony, what is his name? Anthony, right, the guy with the long hair and the good body. He's, he's he's kind of an intellectual in a in a L.A. street punk clothing, you know, uh, or package. I, I think they're really fascinating. He mentioned Incubus, which is an interesting band because I've got friends that are way intellectual that that's their favorite band you know that
2: uh yeah know, that, i I've, i just know the name i don't think about him yeah
3: if i had a couple people to turn him on to i think he needs to go listen to jimmy thackeray uh and maybe he knows uh jimmy thackeray uh he played in the band called the nighthawks in the 70s and 80s and that guy's an extraordinary player
2: so what else do we ask did we asked him our famous question. What was
0: the question? Oh, so the question was, what does a successful music career look like to you?
4: A successful career in music for me pretty much looks like longevity. It, as long as people, you know, enjoy what they are getting from me as a writer and us as a band, and we can in turn inspire others in some form of fashion or touch people's ears and hearts. To where they just want to come back and keep listening to what we are expressing i think that's the ultimate goal that's the ultimate su- success for me in music and uh, I, I you know it, it, it's it's an amazing thing to be able to say that somebody enjoys listening to your music you know that's other than the four walls that i'm creating it in it really blows me away every time somebody comes up after a show and just gives us any kind of compliment about what we are doing and they are really genuine about it and they really want to look forward. They're really looking forward to the new things or the next thing that we're going to be putting out. Um, so that's pretty much what success looks like for me. Um, you know, and of course, having enough gas money to put in the van once we go on tour too.
2: I like him. I like him. Realistic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's funny, but what he said about music, you know, in a small way, I I understand that having people know what you do. Like, I love the fact that I create these little stupid things in my room. I'm watching TV, strumming the guitar, writing these words down, farting around, (laughs) just making these little rhymes up. And oh, that's a good line. Yeah. and, And then recording them putting them out. And then like, um, just the other day I got this, um, you know, an old friend of mine, i hadn't heard in a while texted me and said, you know, I just put on gray. And I was listening to lifeboat, man. That's an amazing. And it just touched me and knowing you're out there, what you do is out there and people are enjoying it. Or like I've had this occasion once or twice of being on stage where people sing the words to what I'm doing,
0: which is, which is cool. amazing.
2: It's totally yeah. amazing, you know. So I can only imagine what it's like to be like Bono or these guys. Like, how can they have a bad show? How can they have? I can they be unhappy. You get on a stage and twenty thousand people going,
0: yeah, and, and then singing like, the song back.
2: And to then you. and then they sing it, sing your words to you. Like,
3: well, it's connection, know? and it's
2: it's, it's got to be the best know? thing in the world. It's I don't that know, connection. you yep. know. There's no drug, man. That's gotta. It's almost unnatural. You know, that kind of yeah. success. I don't know how those people yeah. deal with it. It's bizarre. So Did we ask him our final question, too, we, about discovery? We did. We,
0: we asked him one more question, and it was to tell us about what his thoughts are on the music discovery process today.
4: This is a really good question. Um, my thoughts on the discovery process in music today. Well, I feel like it's a double-edged sword, in a sense, um, very similar to, I guess, how People might think of the internet. You know, we have so much information at our disposal. Therefore, we can seek out any kind of music that we might be craving or feeling. And, you know, there are definitely some good things about that um, and some benefits that I've benefited from, obviously, um, being able to automatically recall band or you know not even knowing the name of a song just you know telling siri hey um you know here's this lyric what song is that oh boom right there there it is but at the same time there's there's a bit of uh nostalgia for me in just going to a record store um flipping through vinyls flipping through cds and just picking out something that looks cool looking at the artwork and you know just thinking man that looks really cool hopefully this sounds pretty badass. Let me go ahead and buy it and listen to it. And, you know, I've I, I remember discovering a lot of great bands and music um, that I would have not listened to or discovered had I not done it that way.
3: I knew I was gonna like his answer <laughs> because that's the way we discovered music in the sixties and seventies and eighties for that matter. Yeah you know, I am physically get
2: accused of being I don't know what, but I'm assuming this guy's not twenty one.
0: No, he I mean, he's right. a little bit older, yeah. but he's definitely not like yeah. 50s or 60s.
2: Right. But so, yeah, but, but well, he's a bit old. Well, he's, a little old. He's, he's got some maturity. <laughs>
3: but, you know, the idea that and he even didn't even mention it was he was nostalgic for it. But the idea that you can go and like take a gamble on a couple albums. Now, that's not as easily done as it was 30 years ago, because a damn record is 30 dollars. You know, so I am not going to pick how up those records, records that I you, like.
2: Did you join? You get twelve for two cents for a penny, <laughs> yeah, right?
3: And you never I still owe them
2: money. Yeah, I you know. get twelve albums <laughs> for one House. cent. Yeah. I, I got like fifteen, like you know, albums for like <laughs> one penny. But I had to buy one four more yeah. years, and I never did.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think money, anybody but... did. You know. <laughs> And, and, you know, the old the the old adage was that the way they did that was, you know, it, everything shipped platinum, you know, right. but then then when you considered the returns, it was much different. But right. those record clubs were designed to bolster the numbers of records they were shipping out the door. Right. Because that's what you wanted to. Somebody said it shipped gold and it came back platinum. <laughs> so they, had, they had more returns than they had shipped. No, we,
2: the, the, the joke is like, you know, my existed, record shipped but... plywood. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, right. Linoleum.
2: Right, linoleum. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. So anything else did you want to talk about? we get more, more music from them or just we, No,
0: we did. We have one more song that we'll play from them at the end of this episode, which is probably Sweet. right now. <laughs>
2: Which is called Love in a Storm, right?
0: Love in a Storm, yep. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Like we said, make sure you listen through all the way to the end because we have one more song called Love in a Storm by Kenny Hada and the others. For everything that we talked about and links to all of the things we said, make sure you go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letter is T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later.
1: (laughs) you <laughs>